Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Only Podcast. I am your co host, Austin Smith, joined as always by your other co host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at Believe Network. Today is Tuesday, August 25th. And this podcast is bought, brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more soon to be football. Oh my God, soon to be football. Uh, Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and all your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device. To sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. John, we know where the conference starts. Mm. Conference, that's the Midwest. Many people trying to have the Big Ten Conference continue to expand much further, actually, west than that. And someone just won't leave us alone. Mm-hmm. Palo Alto, man. Stanford. They are uh, knocking on the door here. And they're trying to ditch Cal while they do it. Which I think is an... That is the most rival thing you could do, and I love it. Yeah, I really respect it. Like, the the pettiness, again, we've talked about it. It might as well be the show slogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, pettiness is a good thing when it comes to sports. And this is like... This is all time pettiness being like we're leaving and, you know, it, it's like showing up to a dance with a date and then immediately leaving the date and trying mm-hmm. to get with someone that is not overly interested, but like fully committing to it. That's like, tough. Yeah. Like going on to the dance floor at prom and just like giving it everything you got and getting very little in return. Seen it happen at a wedding, actually. I believe uh, yeah, didn't go well for any party, uh, as you can imagine. But others would say, shoot your shot. I, I don't know. I'm indifferent. Um, but they saw Oklahoma do this to Oklahoma State and said, we could do that. And Oklahoma State will be forever mad about that, by the way, just like we would be mad if this happened to us. But Cal's getting uh, maybe left behind to, to sweeten the pot. The Big Ten said, that's pretty cool, Stanford. You know, we're not hanging up, but it would be really great if you could bring your friend Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And really, honestly, the only way you're going to get in the party is if Notre Dame's with you. Yeah. So, like, don't even come if – and don't bring Cal because we do not want Cal. But don't it's, worry about it. It's very much like the – McLovin gets his driver's license so for his, his fake ID so he can buy booze, and that's the only way they get invited to the party. Like, yes, yes. Notre Dame is booze. In, in Notre Dame. <laughs> and perhaps the most unlikely analogy or comparison <laughs> of all time, Notre Dame is, in fact, alcohol in this analogy. Um, I think it's a genius move on, on basically everyone's part. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, Stanford – sacking up and being like listen we're going to try to get in that conference because 
we lo- we we have to. They're, they're fighting for their lives here, which I can certainly respect. They're getting cutthroat, leaving Cal behind again. A move that I can completely understand and respect. And they're they're like we're getting lumped in here for no real good reason. Um, and and I think we talked about it last time that you know Stanford seeking out Notre Dame as a partner, or at least the Big Ten trying to do that. Well, we, we talked about it from the Big Ten's perspective of that, like Stanford might be appealing because it's attractive to Notre Dame. For Stanford to actually take the initiative and try to bring Notre Dame to the table is is honestly genius. Like this team, like they win the Director's Cup every year because they're such a well-managed yeah. department. This is just another example. Um, I, I don't know if it's enough to actually get anything done, at least this year. Like mm-hmm. I just... Again, if this all comes down to TV money, and Notre Dame has such a sweet deal right now, and no real incentive to break it with the current, uh, with the current way the the future playoff is shaping up. Like, if anything, they're kind of incentivized to remain independent. The only thing they couldn't get is a home playoff game, which isn't nothing. But their path to getting in there in the first place is so much easier that you know they're going to get picked just about every other year because they can be and because the TV ratings rule everything. So, but from Stanford's perspective, it's smart. It, it would give them obviously an, an automatic uh, rivalry that's built in and, you know, brings a big player to the table. I do have to say, I feel for Cal um, because Cal truly should be, should be one of the better programs in the country, in my opinion. And they just refuse, absolutely refuse to take advantage of the gifts that they are given from a from a everything standpoint. Don't feel bad for them. That is an ch- active choice they make. So <laughs> I, don't. It's like, I don't know. It, I feel like, backing up, before we get into Cal, I, if I were Stanford, I would be kind of furious because I would be like, I'm not that ugly. You know, <laughs> like, I'm ugly, but like, I'm in San Francisco, like I'm a very prestigious university. Yep. I have been more than competitive at football the last uh, 15 to 20 years. And yep, can't really, cool. and, and like, and, and we have the very best sports program in the country, period. If there was any illusion that any of that mattered. <laughs> yeah. Like, in like you'd be in like Stanford, they just have to be looking in the mirror and being like, I did all the right things. Like, and I still wasn't asked, you know, like that's, I feel for them. The Isaiah for Thomas. Apple. I met yeah, all the environments. Exactly. They got <laughs> Isaiah Thomas from the dream team so bad. Like, and Cal, you don't get to feel bad for Cal. Like they, yeah. they have so much NFL talent, dude. And, yeah. and like, they don't even have a Twitter presence to talk shit about that. Like I would be talking about, how many MSU Spartans were in the league at the level that Cal players are at in the league nonstop. Dude, it's not even like it's just players. It's it's and it's not even like it's just good players or like a, a quantity of players. Like let's be real. Michigan State has put plenty of players in the league. We had that draft streak for a long time. We're not world beaters, okay? It's not like we put a million studs in the league. Plenty of good players. Kirk Cousins, Le'Veon Bell had his time. Uh, Tyler Conklin, or excuse me, Jack Conklin, it was a top 10 pick. Plenty of good players have been put in the league. Cal has, like, all-time great players. Like, 
if you just we were talking about it right before we started, but just the guys that are in the league today or, you know, from the last 20 years or so. I mean, just off the top of my head, it's I mean, your your quarterback talent is Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff. Like, say what you want about Goff. I think he proved last year he's a pretty damn good quarterback right. and was the number one pick like seven years ago. Yeah. And, Aaron, and Aaron Rodgers, like, come on, one of the best of all time. At running back, you've got uh, <laughs> I mean, you've got Marshawn Lynch, who was incredible and is one of like the most outstanding running backs and personalities you'll right. ever hear of. Javid Best for those Lions fans oh, on this call. Uh, Javid Best was awesome. He's electric in college. Absolutely electric. Just ran so fast and was so injury prone, but was very, very awesome. Um Dude, Deshaun Jackson, Tony Gonzalez, are one of the greatest tight ends of all time. I mean, the, the the talent just at the offensive skill positions, which are the ones everybody knows, is wild. And yet they sit here extremely mid. And there's I, I just I can't believe it. It's it's kind of it's not the only program in the country that's like that, but it's certainly one of those where you're like, it's not even like you're in the SEC. Like you're in the Pack well, what was the Pac-12? Like you should have done something along that stretch there. You know, you know who I also need to point the finger at? Texas Tech. Oh man. Get it together. The Mahomes factor. You don't and you don't like like they get to claim that, but he was they did nothing with him. You know, yeah. like you they have the Texas in their backyard, you know, as Cal has California. There's no reason not to be great. Like all you need to do is coach it better than the other programs that's it because the talent is there they fall they're like people's fallback school if you're texas tech you're still getting just insane texas athletes versus sorry michigan's prep scene is not nearly the scene of california or texas or florida or ohio even no not at all i mean michigan is you could make a case one of the mid to lower tier uh, high school football talent states, probably actually in the bottom third for sure. Uh, I I don't know about that. Let's be a little more generous. I mean, okay. Uh, Maybe then they're extremely mid. Extremely. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, like you got to remember the New Hampshire's and the Montana's. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But we at least have, you know, five to seven division one players a year are produced, which is not enough, but Mm -hmm. More than the a lot of states, I would guess. Listen, I don't the, know. The fourth most talented team in Texas every year should still be a pretty damn good team. Like, right. if you just, just think about it. You have Texas. You have Texas A&M. You have Baylor. You have Texas Tech and TCU. Like, four of those five teams are relatively good and definitely talented every single season. And like, you just added Houston and SMU oh, to the Big 12. Yeah, like, like you, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're stupid. It's so, but that's a lot of teams. I gotta back it up a little bit. That's a, that is a lot of mouths to feed. Uh, if ah, that's okay. Maybe it's a little tougher job than I thought. Doesn't. Matter. <laughs> I'm still mad at them. Cal has no excuse, and that's the point yeah. of the matter here. Yeah, that's just a fact. That's absolutely still a fact. Because if they're even if you're the, again the third team in the state, you should be getting a bunch of very talented players. Which is basic the situation in california you know behind usc and ucla you know they get california you know they're people can't get into stanford 
you know, so like you are the third team, right? So yeah, yeah. we're very mad, but we're very mad, very mad at Cal football, man, <laughs> not come to an end soon enough. Oh man. So, uh, we are on to position previews, only one to go after this. We're that close to the season starting, uh, this week going through the strength of the entire team, the defensive line and linebacking crew. We were a little unsure about how to shake this one up because there aren't as many defined positions as they swap uh, schemes from time to time. So, Austin, I'll let you take it from here on how you want to share out. Yeah. So we saved the best for second last. (laughs) If you are, you know, I think we've been, we're always very honest here on this, on this program. Um, I think we've painted the reasons for skepticism and optimism on you know, fairly on both sides of the ball here. But if you are looking for a genuine reason why Michigan State or an area as to where Michigan State, like basically if this unit performs up to their talent or above their talent, it could define the entire team and the season. This is that group. This team is this. We'll call it like the front seven. Because realistically, they run a four-two-five a lot. They run a three-three-five, or they run like a a three-three-five. Sometimes it's a four-three. Uh, you know, they change fronts quite often. But no matter how you slice it, there's a lot of talent to go around in the linebacking and defensive line core. So we'll start with you know at the end, I'll kind of give who I think the quote-unquote starters are. But let's just start by looking at kind of the top level players. So uh, along what we think will be the defensive line, again, this is assuming a four-man front, which may or may not happen. You've got some, what's really exciting here is you have a lot of returning talent that was brought in last year, kind of via the transfer portal. You also have a good amount of homegrown talent and then some really, really exciting young freshman faces. And then along the way, there's also some plug and play guys that came through the portal this past year. So the, the big names to know, um, we'll start with the highlights. There were four transfers along the defensive line. All of these guys will be probably hand in the dirt, uh, you know, defensive, you know, ends or defensive tackles. You've got the the highlight of the group is Tunmise Adele from Texas A&M. Guy was one of the top defensive linemen in his entire class, um, top 50 recruit in the country. I think maybe even higher than that was part of just this massive class at Texas A&M. Could have transferred just about anywhere, but BT Jordan left MSU uh, a little bit of a, a, a going away present uh, and delivered uh, to me, say, to the Spartans right before he departed for the NFL. And this dude's he's this is SEC talent. There's no other way to put it. Uh, he is a powerful defensive tackle who could flip out to defensive end. He's a bit of a tweener, but a guy who could really make a difference. The other three new faces from the transfer portal uh, are probably one and done type guys because they are all either grad students or seniors, really just role players. But that's Dre Butler from Liberty by way of Auburn, Jarrett Jackson from Florida State, and Jalen Sammy from Colorado. Now, Butler and Jackson, at one point in time, high-profile-ish recruits. Again, you, you heard Florida State and Auburn there obviously come from, from successful programs. But the one from those three that I want to call is Jalen Sammy because he is a very, very large individual um, and is probably going to play – I would imagine he's going to play a decent amount. 
Um, he's listed at 6'6", 330, which is a extremely large man. He's probably going to anchor that defensive line the way Jacob Slade did a year ago. And now here's the difference. Jacob Slade was probably, bless him, 6'1", 290. You've got a much larger, much harder man to move now in the middle. That alone is going to open things up for guys like Adelaide and these other two, Butler and Jackson. But it's not just them. So that that alone, they all bring a bit of a different dynamic. The returning pieces are just as exciting. I mean, there's the knowns, Simeon Barrow. I mean, it was consistently one of the most disruptive players on that defensive line. Really, the last two years uh, is back and again with with surrounded by more talent probably going to face a few more one-on-one blocks and get a chance to cause some some real disruption in the backfield Derek Harmon who is a rising junior and Alex Van Sumeren who's a rising sophomore two guys in the middle who again are going to be fighting in a deep group looking for playing time but I think you're getting the picture here that's a lot of strength at this this defensive tackle position lots of depth some high-end top-level talent something to get really excited about if you're, you know, obviously if you're a Michigan State fan, then you've got kind of the edge position. So this could be potentially a guy who stands up on the edge, who puts his hand in the dirt, probably going to see a bit of a mix. But the stars on the edge here are Chris Bogle, who was the transfer last year from Florida, was a bit dinged up last year. He's certainly all team uh, get off the bus, all shorts team, looks the part, long arms is absolutely shredded this offseason. I think he's coming in motivated and ready to go again once upon a time a part of a very very good florida recruiting class top 70 something kid on the edge so great player there a lot of untapped talent you've also got zion young who is another homegrown piece that the coaches are pretty high on um he's i believe a rising sophomore is going to have a chance to to play quite a bit and really was one of the lower recruits in his entire class and yet is kind of forcing his way onto the field uh one name people are probably forgetting about who was a transfer from Penn State, never actually played at Penn State, was Ken Talley. Ken Talley was a, a high three, low four-star recruit based on the service that you follow. Um, again, top 100, 125 kid, was committed to Penn State, flipped to MSU after just not, apparently just not liking it at Penn State and is now a part of this group. I think I'll pa- pause there before I talk about some of these freshmen. That's like nine guys. Nine or 10 or 12 guys in the front that are all going to play. I think the difference this year between this group and a group a year ago that was a probably not as top level talented and certainly not as deep. It is a sizable difference. If you look back a year ago, you're talking about, listen, you had Bogle, you had Barrow. But I mean, Jacob Slade, again, bless him, did his job. You can't call him the most out of the box talented guy. Maverick Hansen was playing a lot. Jalen Hunt, Deshaun Mallory, again, perfectly capable players, but guys who flashed didn't necessarily always stand out and are not the talent level of the Adelaide's uh, and Sammy's of the world. You had Jeff Petrowski playing quite a bit, Michael Fletcher. These guys have been, for lack of a better term, processed off of the team. They are no longer there, and there's a reason for that. They've been replaced by former high-level talent from big time programs, whether that pays off or not, we'll see. But I think you can feel really good about this front four. And then you've got guys like by Job and Jalen Thompson. I mean, two dudes that are true freshmen 
I would not be surprised at all to see Job get on the field. All of the indications are that he is an absolute freak athlete who just needs to learn how to play a little more football, and right. that he's going to be a big-time problem. Best recruit Michigan State's gotten in a very long time at a premium, premium position. So, John, I'll let you jump in, but uh, it's hard not to be excited about what you're going to see, at least out of the front the front four, and we haven't even gotten to the linebackers yet. I know, and, and I don't even know if you mentioned, uh, you said at the beginning, but like exciting young talent that – is maybe a year of strength training now able to see snaps like Zion Young and uh, uh, Alex Van Simmeren, um, who another huge recruit that is just kind of waiting, right? So, you know, there will not ever be a time where players won't have to be going 100%. Like, like you don't have to play take plays off or, you know, there's someone that can come in behind you and produce at the level you are. I'm not saying that that happened last year, but it certainly could have. It certainly happens to many teams when you don't have anyone behind you, right? So um, you have the depth to really go 100% every play, and that's a very good thing considering our secondary, but we'll get to that. Uh, it's just a very strong group, and in the Big Ten going against a couple teams in particular who just have – incredible offensive lines nationally good offensive lines um in our division yeah it's it's a very good thing that our defensive line is near good so uh, it's a very exciting area and, yeah. and i don't even mention andrew de pop uh de pepe uh, de pape de pape i like mine better but uh dudes and he's not going to see the field like that's amazing i mean you you even got guys like avery dunn and james shot who are Avery Dunn and Brandon Wright. These guys played a ton last year, and they are currently buried on this depth chart for good reason. I mean, we've talked about before about stacking classes, and that's what you have to do to actually emerge as like a real force player in the national conversation. And you can take issue with some of the places where MSU maybe hasn't been able to stack classes, specifically, you know, places like wide receiver, I would say. Uh, you you haven't had the recruiting necessarily that you wanted to see from a top-level perspective. You cannot say that about this group. Here, and honestly, I'll say the secondary, too. The recruiting, this is where you see Mel Tucker's vision. He's bringing in a couple of guys kind of in quote-unquote free agency to plug holes and provide depth, but really he's counting on these these young dudes and maybe some of these, you know, call it sophomore, junior transfers uh, to come in and make a, a big difference. And I, listen, this year they, they've got a chance, and there is a ton of depth. And a little side note to this, Michigan State's offensive line has to go against this group every single day. Yep. Are they going to go against better groups at some point in this season? Probably. I mean, we're kidding ourselves if we don't think you know the Ohio State's, Penn State's, Michigan's, even Washington's of the world aren't at a minimum – as talented, if not even, you know, more in some cases. But this offensive line is going to have gone against a very, in my opinion, solid to potentially very good group um, daily, starting from the spring. And that should not be taken lightly. That's a big upside, especially for the younger offensive linemen who are trying to force their way onto the field. Absolutely. And you you talked about the offensive line needing to gel 
uh, for this this offense to probably to make to to produce points, leaning on a, a first year starter quarterback and in, in light wide receiving core is a big ask. Um, so you're absolutely right that getting your ass kicked a little bit in practice certainly will make um, more games than not easier. So uh, that's all you can ask for. And and frankly, the linebacking group is is just as solid. Uh, maybe not quite as much depth, but um, the top end talent is is ready to compete at a top level. Yeah, the the linebackers are again an area where it's hard not to be excited. I, mm-hmm. I mean, at a minimum, you start with the star, right? And that's Jacoby Winman. The fact that he came back for another year is an unequivocal home run for Michigan State. You saw it at the beginning of the season last year. He is a difference maker. He would make those plays for any team in America. This guy is a across-the-board potential all-Big Ten type of impact player. And again, I don't is he a, techni- typical, a typical linebacker? No, but he's going to rush the passer, and he's going to be very good at doing what he does. And with these other players around him, again, good luck if you want to block him one-on-one. That's a, that's a real difference maker. And then you've got – Probably lining up beside him is Cal Halliday. Is Cal Halliday an A-plus athlete? No. But all this guy has done is make tackles since he came to Michigan State. And when he does that, like he's extremely good at what he does. He's never going to be the greatest in pass coverage. But when it comes to stopping the run, which is going to be a huge area of emphasis for this defense, not going to find many better in the entire country than that. And then behind that, there's real depth. And I think that before you get to the depth, actually, the X factor here is the return of Darius Snow. Um, I don't know that he's going to be 100% coming right off the bat, but you heard it kind of across the board last year once he went down, that it was crippling for mm-hmm. this defense. Uh, he is in any ways, you know, maybe he's not the middle linebacker, which he is not. He's kind of this hybrid DB slash linebacker position, but he is the the beating heart of the defense and very much like the quarterback. He knows all the calls. He gets people in the right position. And we've seen it time and time again with Michigan State teams in the past. When you have that, it changes a lot and it helps you overcome quite a bit uh, as a defense and helps you dictate to the other team rather than having the game dictated unto you by the other team. So Snow's return is is very, very big. And then behind them, you've got three four-star recruits. <laughs> Aaron yep. Brule, who came over from Mississippi State, started to find his stride towards the end of the year last year. He's probably backing up Winman, another guy who can really get after the passer and is a big-time athlete. Ma'aga Teote, who has been around for what feels like a million years but hasn't had his chance to like super break through. He's going to get snaps this year, yep. uh, but he's going to have to fight for him. And then you've got the true freshman, Jordan Hall. Uh, yeah. For those who might not be familiar with him, very solid four-star recruit, comes from IMG Academy and is, you know, you see those freshmen from time to time and you're like, ah, maybe they're not physically ready to go. Not the case with Jordan Hall. Jordan Hall is in there and he is going to, he's going to pop some people probably right off the bat. So, you know, you even, you even have guys like Quavian Carter and the transfer Aaron Alexander from UMass rounding out this, this depth chart. I actually think that Carter is uh, a bit getting a little bit slept on um, as a potential in that same snow type of linebacker slash DB, uh, you know, Brian Branch, for those who remember cool. him, Bama and our Lions fans, that that kind of Jack hybrid role. Uh, these two both fit the bill there. So, again, a, a group that it's it's not difficult to get excited about. Here's here's the other small piece 
about having great linebackers and and uh, depth there is you can feel a little bit better about an area that MSU was terrible at last year, which was <laughs> kick and punt return coverage. Yes. You can have capable athletes, athletes on the field. You don't have to spend, you know, your start, your starters out there on those uh, because you can't rely on anyone else. And who, who's to say that, you know, this is the answer, but I'm certainly telling you it, it's not hurting the situation. Yep. So uh, that's just one little little piece that, you know, hopefully this depth as we're starting to see it can start to leak into other areas that were, you know, they've kind of made this whole program fall apart. Like the little, it was death by a thousand cuts, you know, and everything affected the other thing. So got to feel really good about these groups. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, if you're, if you want to squint, so I think we've, we've talked about what we expect out of this team, right? Like we haven't made our formal predictions, but I think everybody knows, you know, roughly the expectations that we would have. Um, But if you want to, if you squint and you look at this, this side of the ball, you can find a reason to be more optimistic than, than maybe the, the average bear is going into this season. I mean, you're seeing a lot of six and six, a lot of seven and five, and make no mistake, given the schedule that is that is out there and the inexperience on the offensive side of the ball, specifically quarterback and wide receiver, you know, it's easy to see why that prediction is being made. It's a safe prediction. And you might you, you, you'd even be in it, it would be a market step forward if you go six and six this year and get to a bowl game based on how terrible last year was. But if you squint. You can see a defensive front seven that causes very, very real issues for any offense that they're going to go against. Again, are they going to slow down Ohio State to keep them under 35 points? Probably not. Are they going to be able to stop everyone in Michigan's 100 runs in a game? Probably not. But I think they're going to frustrate more people than than is getting let on. And I, I don't know that it's being talked about enough within the Big Ten, which is totally fine, by the way. I think it's better that people don't bring up these things at this point in time, um, because this this group though is a legitimate is, has legitimate game breakers in it, and if this group does what it does, it's supposed to do. We've talked about it a million times. The same way that the offensive line sets up the skill positions to have success, the defensive line and and linebackers that front seven set up the corners to have success. If you can put, it takes a really good quarterback in college. Like there's just not many of them that can deal with the pass rush consistently throughout the course of a game. If you can make like college quarterbacks think twice before throwing the ball, I don't think there's a single quarterback in the big 10 who's going to not make mistakes based on that. Um, And MSU's defense is going to have to make them capitalize on those mistakes. And listen, if you can make your corners cover for one less second for right. 30, like five, five tenths less of a second, that's a difference between a quarterback delivering a perfect strike and an interception. I mean, it's, this group has the chance to define the entire season for Michigan State, in my opinion, and have just a an outsized impact on the level of success they can find. I. Uh- I don't think that's hyperbole. I think that's exactly the case. So I'm excited to see um, it it begin in week one. Like it it needs to be as the havoc you will know if because they would dominate in the first two games. If they're not, then it's like, well, 
Oh dear. Um, maybe I, that's fair. Bridge too far. I don't know. No, I don't think that's unfair. It's, it's. I mean, listen, we're only a couple of weeks away here. I think we can talk about stuff like that. It's. That is one thing I will definitely echo. You will know about this team very quickly. I think the there's not. You, you want to be patient with the quarterback play, but if you don't see against Central Michigan and Richmond and these early on teams, if you don't see an offensive line that can block and create room for running backs and a defensive line that can get after the pass rush and uh, or that can get after the quarterback and stop the run, maybe even just stop the run, to be honest. If you can't run the ball and you can't stop the run early on in this season, could be a long one. But if you can do that, you can squint and you can find a way to be optimistic about what you're going to see as the season progresses. Yeah, I mean, we we all avoided it last year. Like, hand up, me too. Like, you just didn't want to believe it was as bad as it looked. And they would pull it all together. Because remember, yeah, they beat Akron 52 to nothing, but it didn't look. It didn't pass the eye test. Um, and they beat... Gosh, uh, week one last year was at Western Michigan. Western barely beat them. It was a mess. It was an absolute mess. And, you know, messes happen, right? And and we all excused it. But it's like, point of fact, it's like good teams don't have messes. Yeah. So. I mean, <laughs> they had, I think the difference between this year and last year is that last year, I believe they had earned the benefit of the doubt. Right. Right. Because right, right. they had been you know won 11 games a year before you you have to go into that season thinking okay and we knew there was an adjustment coming with walker being gone this that and the other thing but you had the returning quarterback you had keon mm-hmm. Coleman, you had Jaden right. Reed, you had a lot coming back on defense you had windman like there were reasons to have good like high expectations this year i still think there are legitimate reasons to be excited and to expect a certain level of play but you know it's 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 a little bit it's a little bit different i will say the biggest thing i'm looking for you know talent yes is is one thing but i want to see an intelligent football team they're going to make mistakes every team does but last year msu just did they shot themselves in the foot and made stupid numbskull mistakes be it clock management be it missed easy bunny throws over the middle be it missed tackles be it getting a fight in a tunnel, like just dumb decisions. I mean, everything that happened against Indiana, just disaster, missed field goals. I mean, like MSU was not a team that was talented enough here to, as we saw, cover up for those messes. You know, they didn't have the dynamic offense. You didn't have the home run hitter and Kenneth Walker to sugarcoat stupid decisions by important players. I think the case is probably the same this year. So if you don't come out and play intelligent football like you're it could get ugly it, it you're you put yourself i'll put it this way you put yourself at a huge disadvantage and one thing that's not by the way a small deal and we'll talk about the specialist next week you had the best punter in the country last year yeah. to cover up for some of these warts that you still couldn't take advantage of most of the time that guy's gone not to say that MSU won't field an, you know, an effective punter this year, but like you had a punter that got drafted 
that does not happen very often at all. So you now have you don't even have your safety blanket this year. So I say all that to say, as much as I'm I'm looking at talent and thinking, okay, this is a better group, without the the level of coaching and just smarts, it it could all not matter. So as much as I love looking at these position previews, I think the focus needs to be on Mel Tucker and these offensive and defensive coordinators as much as it needs to be on any individual player on the team. It's true. And and you know, the quarterback's going to receive a lot of it, you know, no matter what. But I think we'll we'll talk about the season at a whole. But, like, it's it's much bigger than that. It's so much bigger than that. And I know it's, like, so easy for, you know, the, the for folks, that's, like, the top-line takeaway. And maybe in some parts it is. If you don't have a good quarterback, you're not good. <laughs> but yeah. there's so much more, you know? Yep. So... Yeah, we'll talk a little bit next week about uh, the secondary special teams and then the coaching staff and, and then give our season predictions. I want to I want to hold out. I, I wonder um, if there's any way there's no way Mel Tucker has given out his his starters. If, if I know that guy, though, before uh, before they walk onto the field, I bet you'll, you'll know who his starters are that we will all know at the same time. Unless you work for the team, in which in in which case you may still be finding out once they take the field. So yeah, don't don't expect. Uh, I mean, do you remember we didn't even know Peyton Thorne was starting until the his sophomore year until he walked out on the field. So and hey, I'm gonna say it next week too. But let's say you do start to learn about who may be a starter or not. Do keep that to yourself. I know <laughs> you like you may feel that like knowing and sharing that is like a badge of like fandom and to an extent it is you're also like hurting your team even in some small way because yeah. you've made public uh, what should be a private thing so just my one cent uh, to talks in there not even two cents worth just one just the element of surprise you don't want to lose the element of surprise exactly all right what do you think should we wrap it up this week and uh and man and after that it's it's game week it's almost here baby it's almost ah. here all right, guys, as always, thanks for sticking with us. This has been brought to you by Bet Online for Austin. And what? No, for John, but also for Austin in a way. This has been Austin and John, and we'll catch you next week. We need you yeah. all. <laughs> See you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.